Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman at the Novacare Complex Wednesday before the Eagles are to face the uh, the Redskins on Monday night. NFC East game. Um, Eagles win. Cowboys lose Thursday night. Tied for first place. They're back in it. Um, so I guess I want to talk a little bit about, about their chances. Their chances mm-hmm. of not only winning Sunday, but also, I mean, excuse me, Monday night, but their chances of winning this division and I mean who knows what yeah. else um so I mean you know odds are that Cowboys are going to lose to the Saints even though they're home and the Eagles beat the Redskins with Colt McCoy quarterback um let's say that happens we got three teams six and six Eagles heading to Dallas the following week now Dallas will probably be the favorites there but you know stranger things have happened the Eagles could win that you know I mean then what else do they have to do to kind of I mean, let, let's just say they win this Monday. What do they have to do from here on out in the final four games after that to, to make the playoffs? Yeah, they'll have to beat Dallas, obviously. And then I think they would need to split the Rams and the Texans and then beat Washington Week 17. I think they're going to have to get to that 9-7 and seven mark. Um, you can say they'll need to run the table. I don't know about that. It would really depend on what Dallas does in, in their other games. Dallas has uh, the Colts, the Bucks, and the Giants, I believe, out, outside of the Saints and the Eagles. Um, so you would hope that the Colts could beat them, or you would think that the Colts could beat them. Um, I think the Cowboys have the advantage over the Bucks and over the Giants. Uh, so, so, so that would be kind of the situation for the Eagles there. Uh, but if the Eagles can beat the Cowboys, then they'll have a game on the Cowboys, and it'll, it will come down to, to division mark, and so the Eagles would need to win out. In the division, um, did it, did obviously, it's all it, it's all hypothetical at this point because they, they need to beat Washington on Monday. But I'm in agreement with you. I think they can. I think they will. Well, we have a few games, a few days before we can talk about the Redskins or before we plan on talking about the Redskins. Did, we, did I go through the schedules last time? No, we we briefly went over. Uh, so Cowboys have the Saints, ten and one Saints. Eagles have the and then they have the five and six Eagles. Then they're at the six and five Colts. Then they have the four and seven Buccaneers yep. at home, and then they're at the six, three and eight Giants. I would guess that I would think that they probably have the most favorable schedule. Yeah, now the Colts are hot right now, but the Colts I actually are know, but the Redskins team. have the most favorable schedule. But um, but I mean, yeah, my guess is that they would uh, let's say L. You know, I mean, it, you know, I mean, the Colts, like you say, is going to be tough on the road the way they're playing right now. Uh, maybe that defense could beat them, but if you're the Cowboys and you get to you get the Buccaneers at home and at the Giants that last week, yeah. I mean, if you get to that point, let's say you're two and one, I got to think the I got to think the Cowboys are, are going to wrap this baby up. I think the Cowboys have the advantage right now. Uh, the the thing about it is that if the Eagles beat them head to head, then the Eagles would have a game advantage on them, uh, and they'll give the Eagles a little bit of wiggle room. Redskins have at the Eagles, obviously. Following week, they're home against the Giants. Then they're at the three and eight Jaguars, a team that's kind of imploding. And then they're at the Titans, five and five, kind of a team that's just treading water. And then they're home, uh, of course, against the Eagles in the finale. Um, not a particularly tough schedule, but I just think Colt McCoy almost takes them out of out of it. What do you think? Yeah, it's those two games against the Eagles, and I, I think they understand in Washington that that they're going to need to beat the Eagles twice. Uh, and the Eagles clearly have the most difficult schedule. Of those three teams competing for the NFC East, that's why if I had to bet right now, I, I, I'd bet on the Cowboys. Uh, but I do think the Eagles are going to beat Washington, and I think they can win down in Dallas. Although you look at the way the schedule shapes out, Dallas is at home 
with extended rest. The Eagles are on the road on a short week when they go down there. It was actually the flip side when Dallas came here. The Eagles had the bye week, and Dallas was on a short week. They played they played the previous Monday, and they ended up dominating the Eagles. So right. so, so you, you, you never know, but if I had to guess right now, I'd say the Cowboys have the advantage. Yeah, I mean, obviously they have the one-game advantage right now, and, and who knows? I mean, anything can happen at home against the Saints. You know, the Saints are a team that, that may be the hottest in the NFL right now, but, you know, sometimes you're almost okay with a, with a hiccup. If you're if you're a team like that, yeah, I don't think I don't think Dallas is scoring with New Orleans though. Yeah, I mean, you know, you never know. Their defense is pretty good. Um, uh, Eagles, of course, Redskins, then at the Cowboys, then at the Rams, Texans home at the Redskins, and you know, I mean, the Texans are are getting hot. I mean, they're a pretty good team, so oh, I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a two tough two tough games there at a conference in a row. So. Uh, not out of conference, um, out of division in a row. So it's it's going to be tough. Let's let's look at uh, schematically some of the things the Eagles can do though um, to give themselves a chance. I think over these next these next several weeks on the offensive side of the ball, there's been a lot of talk about balance. I mean, they won this past week with a pretty much 50-50 split. Um, I'm not one of these old school guys. Not am uh, I. I. I I believe in passing. I believe in passing. And when people, you know, point to the numbers of the Saints or, or the Rams, they oh, they run the ball. Well, they run the ball because they're ahead so much, uh, and they run the ball because you have Todd Gurley for the Rams and you have Alvin Kamara, you know, and Mark Ing- Ingram in the backfield. Uh, the Eagles just aren't in a position, I think, to not only in terms of personnel, um, uh, to to play that way. And, and well, but- they, and they they've shown a complete inability to get to get out ahead of teams. Um, look, I don't think they should abandon the run um, wholesale, but in this league, you got to pass to get ahead. To get ahead um, in most circumstances. Yes and no. I, I agree with you. I, I do think though that they need closer to a balance than what they had the previous few games. Um, yeah, but and because why? where did well because I, I think it, it it helps with the way the Eagles' offensive line plays. Uh, to 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 get downhill, I think it helps Carson. I don't think you need a fifty fifty balance. But I don't think uh, you know the, in the Saints game, for instance, they they ran the first play of the game. Second run was not until the second quarter. I don't think you can do that. I, I think you need to mix it in at times okay, to get I mean, more manageable. Was, yeah, to get think, manageable third downs. That's fine. I think that was a small sample. But I think if all right, well, well, look at Dallas. Then look at the Dallas game. I think they had it right. But I think they had it right in that game because I mean you had to throw. I mean Doug got it wrong in so many other ways. But to to keep pace with the Saints, you had to you had to air it out. Well, but you want to get in the manageable third downs, you know. I mean, if you have incomplete, incomplete, you're in third and ten. And yeah, what does that do for you? Yeah. So, I th- I think that I'm not no, saying. No, my point is you, you want to rest on on Carson. Uh, sure, but it's not mutually exclusive. Josh Adams and Corey but it's, it's it's not mutually exclusive. I'm not saying that that you're running in sixty percent of the time. I'm just saying you you need more than eight to ten rushes a game, which is what they've been doing. Yeah, but we only have fifty one plays a game. But I would say the lack of running caused that too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, okay. I, 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 I mean, has, has, the, has the run game ever been really good this season? I mean, look. I mean, it's tough. You oh, can't, it was you good can't, last week. You can't really, you can't really support either argument. It was good against the Colts. Yeah, I mean, they've had a couple of good games. Um, they happen to be games they want. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, obviously, you got to keep yeah. some some sort of uh, you know some running in there, but I just feel like it's overblown. Everyone thinks all of a sudden. That's the winning formula for this team. No, I, I don't think that. that's the winning formula. I, I, I'm a pass-first guy, and especially when you have Carson Wentz and the offensive weapons they have. Uh, 
But I, I, I think if you can mix in the run, it'll help the offensive line. It'll help the offense. You can get the play action, get more shots. Uh, you know, you know, for instance, and and there was a good question to Mike Rowe yesterday. And if you go back and and watch it, they had a screen pass that was set up by running the ball. And when you watch what the linebackers did, the linebackers bought on the run. It was a play action screen to Corey Clement, and that opened up space for Corey for Corey to get downfield. They got a big gain off it. So I would uh, I would say that the Eagles can package plays together. To make the run effective for the pass. Yeah, it's important to note also that you know running the ball sometimes is based upon what the you know defense is doing to you. I mean, and Carson has sometimes leeway to check to those runs. So you know if you if you got a you know a light box, you're not gonna. I mean, you're gonna run it. If you don't have a light box, then then you're probably gonna throw it. So I mean, a lot of it depends upon what how defenses are playing you. And, and to me, um, I think they want. I, th- I wonder. I mean, what do you think they want to do? What, what do they want to do? do? They want to. Carson has said that they've been playing them deep, uh, and a couple weeks ago he said that one of the reasons why you haven't seen as many, um, why one of the reasons why he said he's been more accurate is because he's you know teams have been playing with a lot of too high safety. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but if you're not a defense, how do you want to play the Eagles? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would I would bracket coverage Zach Ertz. Um, I would focus my game plan around taking away Zach Ertz, and uh, I would want teams haven't done that. Yeah, um, for the most part, I I would try to blitz the Eagles um, and force these 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 running backs to pick up the blitz. Um, don't give Carson time back there. Uh, I, I think one of the differences with Carson this year, and actually, I just got off the phone with Jake Rudin. And he pointed it out. It's a story I'm working on for this week is uh, you look at the Washington game last year, how terrific Carson was running the ball. You know, he really made Washington hurt by escaping the pocket. Carson hasn't done that as much this year. He admitted it a, a week ago. He said it's not really because of the injury. He, he, wants, he doesn't want to be a, a running quarterback. Um, but, but I think that was a dimension of the offense that was there last year that hasn't been there as much this year. It was there a bit against Jacksonville. But that, that was really it. And if, if Carson's not going to take off, then I think he's more sackable back there. And you, and you can kind of rush him a little bit more. So well, I'm the teams are blitzing them a lot earlier in yeah. the year, and that was working. Exactly. So I think that's something teams are going to do. But maybe because the offensive line is, quote-unquote, getting healthier. I don't know how much healthier. I guess Peters is a little more healthy. Lane's, Lane's definitely Lane's healthy. healthy. Kelsey seems to be – you know, Kelsey's got an yeah. uh, additional uh, problem now with his – with his arm. Yeah, Lane said last week that it was the first time he really practiced since the Vikings week. Okay. So that was a long time ago. So, I mean, to me, there's a little more you can do if the offensive line is feeling better. Um, you know, one of the things we haven't seen much of is the passes down the field. You know, Personnel is a lot to do Personnel is certainly an issue. Uh, I do feel like Aguilar, there are opportunities there with him. I mean, it's not like this is a slow guy. He's shown that he can track the ball. He had a nice uh, long catch against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know, you know that was the first in a while we haven't really seen much uh, the last few weeks I mean uh, certainly the Saints game you can throw aside but Carson only threw once over 20 yards last week now I think that was kind of what they they wanted to keep things simple quote unquote and I think that probably played into that a little bit they were going to a lot of their, their staple plays um, certainly there are deep routes on those plays but I just also feel a part of it is you know guys like Alshon um 
aren't in a Golden Tate, they're just not going to be guys who can get a lot of separation down the field. I think Alshon's the kind of receiver, though, you can throw it up to him, and he can win a jump ball down the field. Yeah, we've seen that before. And then we haven't seen him much recently. No. I, I do think the Eagles need to get Alshon more involved. He's had only four catches the past four games. He hasn't had more than four catches these past four games. And early in the year, he was really hot, scored four touchdowns in his first four games. Mike Rose said defenses aren't playing him any differently. I think one of the things, and we've discussed this, is ever since Golden, is ever since getting Golden Tate, there's been such like an effort to integrate Tate in the offense. I think they've gotten away a bit from some of the other things they were doing. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, we've talked about the Golden Tate trade. It just doesn't. It's still, it's still, they won this last game, but it still doesn't feel right. Um, he had a, he had a nice play on a, on a jump ball on third down, but other than that, some of the plays to him just seemed forced. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really his, his catch percentage is pretty low um, when they have gone to him. And again, the, the personnel is just kind of I don't know. I think they went with the right package. I like to see more Dallas Goddard. They went more with more with uh, twelve personnel. Um, Joe, Jordan Matthews was the guy that kind of um, got slighted a little bit there. But that's the guy. I think that's the guy that I would slight. I agree. Yeah, I mean I he's he's yeah. played well in, in the time that he's been yeah. here. But um, if you if you get Tate, you got to you got to use him. And I mean Aguilar only had one target the entire that, that last game. So. Um, which kind of uh, leads us to uh, another topic I want to talk about is, I mean, Ertz is, sees, sees by far the majority of passes. He's got 111 targets this year. But he's catching at, like, an amazing rate, 70, almost 77% of his passes. There has been, a, like, kind of a, an argument out there that, you know, they've been looking to Ertz too much. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that because when you're catching 77% yeah. of your passes at nearly 11 yards a clip, uh, that's not a problem. Yeah, I agree. Do you think, yeah. I mean, there have been a few times I felt like Carson has tried to force it to him and he's been intercepted on those passes. But no, I think for the most part, I mean, he's your best player right now. They should now. go to him more often. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I think on third coaching. down, yeah. um, I would argue that you go to him more often. And in the red zone, I'd argue you go to him more often. Look, I, I don't like making sweeping statements because the fan base is large and what you hear on social media and talk radio isn't necessarily representative of the fan base. But I don't know if, if kind of if Eagles fans have fully appreciated what Zach Ertz has, has become in his career. I mean, he's he's one of the elite tight ends, one of the elite pass catchers in the NFL. I think because they want an old-school bruising tight end. They want the guy who's, who's going to put his head they down and barrel over. Yeah, but I, I'd much rather well, Tony Rivera Gonzalez. Mark Rivera couldn't run routes like Zach Ertz. <laughs> I'd much rather Tony Gonzalez, you know? Right, like, and that's pre- I think that's probably a more apt comparison. Um Zach is more of a receiver than he is a tight end. He plays a tight end's position. He has to block. He, let's just put – no, I, I probably didn't. He's uh, – of, of the top tight ends, he's the one that's most like a receiver. Yeah, that's probably but how I, I put it. But I think this 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 whole toughness thing is so overblown. It would be nice to get him a little – to get some more yards after catch. But to me um, – and that would make – that would put him up there – among you know the all-time greats, if he, if he became that type of guy, but that's just not his skill set. He's never been known as a physical guy. Yeah, but I, I mean, first off, he he has gotten yards after the catch this year. The touchdown the other night. Yeah, no, he's still doing it actually, that. but his numbers are down yeah. actually. And then he's at he's at a career low in terms of yards at the catch. So I think about so the, like, so the narrative out there that he's yeah. doing better yards at the catch is not true. But but there are examples where there are examples where, where, where he's he, done where it, but there are examples. There've been examples yeah. in past years. Um, yeah, so. I, I didn't think in it was fact, his yards after years. catch has gone down in each year. Yeah, I, I well because I, I think he's catching the ball. He's catching more passing. 
yeah. It, it, especially in, well, in they're, traffic. He's catching more passes. Yeah. But, you know, I look at the Super Bowl last year. He had he had the game-defining play, or, or, or I should he's say great. the game-clinching play. And yeah. John Grady is. He, he is on pace to, to do something that no other tight end in the history of the NFL has done, and that's have more than 100 catches and more than 1,300 yards receiving in a season. There's only been three t- other tight ends that had more than 100-yard catches. He's on pace for 122, which would break the record by 12 catches. He's going to have at least 100 catches. Yeah. And he's on pace for 1,302 receiving yards. Now, let's say he doesn't get there. He's still probably going to be over 1,200. And there's only been other eight, other six other tight ends, two did it twice, that have done it in the history of the NFL. This yeah. is unprecedented. Yeah. He, he, look, he's, he's an elite player in, in this league right now. You can quibble with his blocking and – uh, all right, I'll 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 give people that. Uh, outside of Rob Gronkowski, though, which elite tight end these days uh, is a really good blocker? Travis Kelsey's not a really good blocker. No, he's not great. I mean, Jimmy Graham, he's not an elite tight end anymore, but he he he's not a really good blocker. No, and, and really Gronk, I don't even say elite anymore. Yeah, because he's, he's hurt. So he's, banged up. Yeah, this could be his last year. Yeah, so so Ertz. I mean, to me, it's either Ertz or Kelsey. I take yeah. I I've, I favor Kelsey. I mean, a little bit. Okay. Over Zach, but they're you know you could throw a blanket on both of them and you'd be yeah. fine. And there are some young guys who are coming up who are in there. I mean, George Kittle's a really good, yeah, a really good pass catcher. But, but the crazy thing, I mean, Ertz. I want to talk about the defense real quick before we go. Uh, but Ertz is only twenty eight, um, and at that position, you, I mean, look at Antonio Gates. I mean, Gronk is a poor yeah. example just because of the way he plays. But you looked at Witten, and these are guys that have careers into the middle of their thirties. Yep, that could be Ertz. I agree. I mean, that could be him. All right, defensively, just real quick. Um, what do you think they have to do? I mean, they could be getting a few guys back in the secondary this week. We don't know about Jalen Mills or Sidney Jones or Avante Maddox. I think they're all kind of in the quote-unquote day-to-day um, category. Uh, Jim Schwartz made it work last week. Uh, I think he had help from Pat, Pat, from Pat Shermer. But to beat the, the Redskins, and with Colt McCoy, you probably have a good chance. You still have to, you still have to cover some pretty good players. Jordan Reed is, 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 is another elite tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? What do you think they have to do? I mean, stick with the four-man rush and, j- and just kind of play it up that way, play yeah, it straight uh, in the back end? Well, well, I, I think you trust your secondary, number one. Um, that's uh, I'm sorry, you trust your defensive line, number one. That's the key. Those guys are veterans. Team's built around them. So I, I wouldn't blitz too much. You want to force Colt McCoy into making some mistakes. McCoy likes to play a, a, aggressively, not a conservative quarterback. Uh, your run game needs to be on uh, – your run defense needs to be on, on point because Adrian Peterson – can break tackles, um, so you need to be cognizant of, of that. But I, I, I would protect yourself in the back end. They don't have kind of game-breaking um, players uh, in, in terms of receivers, but Jordan Reed is tough, so I would watch out for Jordan Reed. If you're the Redskins, they're going to do whatever they can to establish that run. I think they have to. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to get much going offensively unless they get AP going. And the Eagles have given up 100 yards. Three straight weeks? Three straight weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, they did a really good job on Saquon. Again, Pat Shermer des- deserves an <laughs> Was assist Saquon there. on the field in the second half? I mean, yeah. he had four carries, yeah. which is insane. But um, And we'll talk a little bit more about this game. But I think just going forward for this team, I think you, you, you pay the defensive line. That's what this, this defense is about. It all starts up, fr- up front. I mean, that's a cliche, but in this defense especially, that is often the case. They, they attack in waves, and that first wave has to be the most important for Jim's scheme to work. So the guys like Fletcher Cox, Michael Bennett, you made a big trade. Brandon Graham, hates a contract year. Chris, Chris Long, yeah, I mean, uh, Timmy Jernigan's back. You, yeah. Those guys got to earn their pay. I, I agree with you, and I think there's opportunities against this Washington offensive line, which is really banged up. Uh, for the defensive line to make hay. Which uh, leads us to our next podcast, which we'll talk about 
in-depth Eagles-Redskins matchup on Monday night. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McClain. That's Spurred Eye View Podcast, and we will talk to you next time.